The Las Vegas Raiders have a wild finish. The Minnesota Vikings pull off a crazy comeback and the Los Angeles Chargers win at the buzzer. We dive into week 15's NFL action coming up next here on Locked on NFL. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're bringing you the biggest stories from across the league, talking with our local experts. And thank you so much for tuning and making us your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including over on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. And week 15 was wild. It was crazy. Tons of close calls, wild finishes, insane comebacks. We're going to be talking with three of the biggest stories of this week coming up. First, we'll dive into the Las Vegas Raiders with your boy Q. Uh, the fourth quarter, I'm, I'm lost for words, the fourth quarter that had a controversial touchdown and obviously a lateral play gone wrong for New England Patriots that Las Vegas ends up capitalizing on and scoring that last second touchdown. We'll talk with your boy Q about that in the first segment. In the second segment, we'll be flipping over to the Minnesota Vikings in the Saturday action as they had just an incredible wild comeback. We'll talk with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. And then in the final segment, We'll be diving into the Los Angeles Chargers who win at the buzzer. Another crazy game for them. So we'll talk with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. But let's first get into that crazy Las Vegas game with your boy Q of Locked On Raiders. But the Las Vegas Raiders were involved in something that many have never seen before in their win over the New England Patriots in Week 15. Here to talk about it with me, your boy Q, the host over at Locked On Raiders. And Q, just so much improbability in that fourth quarter for the Raiders. You have the Keelan Cole touchdown. You have Chandler Jones intercepting a lateral pass from Jacoby Myers. Let's start with the touchdown first, then we'll get into Chandler Jones. There's a lot of controversy surrounding whether Keelan Cole's foot was on the line. He gets the first foot down. Second foot seemed to come in just a tad out of bounds that toe. What would you see on that play? Well, sitting in the press box from my angle, it looked like it was out. You know, it looked like to me that his, his foot was out. And I remember when I tweeted out touchdown pass, the Raiders are about to tie the game up. Then I saw the replay and I go, ah, I think that that's going to go back. Right. I think that's going to be overturned. It just again, from my angle and looking at the the replays, it looked like he was out of bounds. And so, uh, you know, when it took long and, and, and longer and longer and longer for the officials to come back with the yeah overturn, I was thinking, well, maybe they can't they can't decide. Maybe they can't figure out if he was out of bounds. Maybe there there's nothing clear. And since they called it a touchdown on the, on the field, I thought this might go in the favor of the Raiders, even though nothing ever goes in the favor of the Raiders, you know, as, as far as uh, plays like that is, is there's so many plays that they've been on the wrong end of throughout history against the Patriots. Right. I mean, we can go all the way back to the tuck rule, but there's so many different plays that I was like, man, eh, there's no way that the Raiders are going to get this one. And then they did. And, you know, I, I talked to a bunch of players in the locker room afterwards, and they all seemed to believe that Keelan Cole's foot was the toe was out. But like a, the, the, none of the spikes were on the ground. And so what they keep saying is that they saw pellets flip up like they saw his foot drag and, and kick some pellets up. So that's their angle on the field. 
Uh, obviously, it went in the favor of the Raiders, but from my from my view in the press box, as I tweeted out, uh, I think that that was out of bounds. It, it looked like the Raiders uh, were gifted a, a nice touchdown right there uh, at their at their place at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, again, it's been a long time since the Raiders were on the right end of an officiating call, so they'll take it, and I don't think they'll complain about it at all. <laughs> yeah, and then that play was actually one of the key differences in the game because you have yeah. right at the end there, it's tied 24-24, and I know most people are probably sitting there thinking, all right, well, this is probably going overtime, but the Patriots try to get cute with some laterals, and Jacoby Myers yeah. throws it right into the arms of Chandler Jones, and Jones only has Mac Jones in front of him, so what does he do? He just stiff arms him, says, get out of my way, runs to the end zone, and, and the game is over. Have you ever seen anything like that you no no not at all and i asked chandler jones that as well and he said no i said have you ever been involved in anything like that on any level and he's like no no way i've never seen something like that and he even said that it was very unpatriot like for them to do that you know usually the patriots are a lot more disciplined so they wouldn't do something like that and it's funny if you go back and look at the replay after i was finished with the locker room me and another one of the reporters were walking back to the press box and we were watching the video of the replay of that of that play again Chandler Jones misses Ramondre Stevenson in the hole. Like Ramondre Stevenson starts out with the ball running and he misses him. So he whiffs on the tackle. If he makes the tackle that he should have made, it doesn't happen. That whole play doesn't happen. So he whiffs on the tackle and offensive lineman actually piles on top of him. So he's already on the ground. And then by the time he gets back up, that's when Jacoby Myers has it. And it looks like he's about to flip it back. So Chandler Jones said, I saw him look like he was going to throw it. So I put myself in position to try to go get the rebound if possible. And the rest is history. But None of that happens if he actually makes a tackle that he was attempting to make on Ramondre when he was in the hole. Yeah, and it's crazy how just little things like that can make yeah. such a huge impact. But when you're talking about a game like this, Q, what does it do for the It's been a very trying season for yeah. Las Vegas this season. What does a win like this even just do for the locker room right now? They needed that. They really did. I mean, it's been trials and tribulations. Of course, they went on a three-game winning streak earlier in the season, and they were feeling good about themselves. But that tough loss that they had on Thursday night football to the Rams, I know that that one resonated with them for a while. They come back home. The Patriots have a lot of fans in the building, so it's already loud. Uh, you know, so I'm sure that they weren't feeling good about that, and it looked like that they gave up another lead. You know, it looked like that they were in a position to lose the game after being up 17-3, to and they're like, uh-oh, here it goes again. But they find a way to win that game. The locker room was very excited. They were happy. Guys were dancing. Music was on. You know, they had to turn the music down a couple times just because uh, we were in there trying to talk to them, and then they they turned it back up. I mean, they, they were in a good mood. They needed that for them, right? So that's only six wins on the season. Of course, they, you know, they're mathematically still alive as far as the playoffs go, but just for them to see some some joy and some excitement and, and to have a break go their way for once this year because they haven't had too many breaks this year at all. So again, going back to that Keelan Cole touchdown, I know a lot of people are going to say he was out of bounds and he very well easily could have been. Um, but again, they had a break go their way and, and it really hasn't been that way this season. So uh, good for them to get that one. Yeah, it, it felt like it was a needed one. And I know, Q, when you're talking about the season, you still have a little ways to go. You mentioned they're not technically mathematically eliminated yet, yeah. but I know a lot of people are kind of looking forward to next season. But for the rest of this year, what do you want to see out of them? Well, I mean, I just like to see them, you know, play with some consistency, um, you know, play a lot better, even than they played on Sunday, right? I mean, they didn't play that great. Uh, offensively, they struggled in the second half. I mean, they really struggled in the second half to that last drive. Um, you know, so they've got to find some kind of consistency. Their offensive line is banged up. They, they're down to, you know, backup guards in there. And it showed in the second half where the Patriots look like they lived in the backfield with Derek Carr. So uh, Waller and Renfro are back. I'd like to see them added to the mix more. You know, Derek mentioned after the game, it was good to get those guys back. Waller said it was great to be back. Great to be in the end zone. He felt good about himself again. Uh, you know, so Renfro being out there, I think those guys, you know, that that that's showing 
what they could what they could be as an offense. So I, I think that just you know going out there and giving you know fighting fighting all sixty minutes like they did on Sunday. I mean that was that was a, a full fought game all the way to the end and then even some. I mean they they win that game with no time left on the clock. So uh, that that shows that they didn't take that last playoff and say oh the Patriots are just gonna you know run it out and and we're gonna go to overtime. They they fought on that last play and that's how they got that win. So just want to see them continue to fight for the next three games and whatever happens after that happens after that. Speaking of a guy who's been fighting, how impressive have you been with Josh Jacobs this year? I know there were a lot of questions yeah. about him coming into this year, but boy, has he performed. He has, man. He's been so impressive. And I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan, even before the Raiders drafted him. But uh, I just, I'm just happy for him, right? I mean, he gets the fifth-year option declined, and all he's doing right now is leading the league in rushing, right? I mean, that's just – it's incredible. And he's been banged up, and he fights through it. He helps put the team on his back. Uh, when they need those tough yards, he's getting those tough yards. I mean, just anything he's asked to do – He'll do. So I'm so happy for Josh Jacobs. And uh, he's earned himself a lot of money, whether it's with the Raiders or some other team in the league. Uh, I do believe that there's a good chance the Raiders could bring him back because he's more valuable to them than he is probably another team across the league. But, man, I mean, he's he's just instead of it could have gone two ways. Right. I mean, he gets his fifth year option declined. They draft a couple running backs. They bring in a couple running backs in free agency. He could have took his ball and gone home. He could have said, hey, trade me. He could say, I don't want to be here. He could have pouted. Instead, he just said, all right, cool. I'll be a free agent sooner than I expected. Let's go. And now he's leading the league in rushing and just, I mean, being the ultimate team player. Uh, he had a, 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 a venue he had on Friday night that was for uh, raising, raising food for the Las Vegas community. And it was so much food he, he, he uh, was able to raise. And he's out there signing autographs and taking pictures with a messed up finger. So he told me he had to relearn how to write and everything. I mean, it's just the guy's an incredible dude. He's got a hell of a story and he's had a hell of a season. Yeah, incredible story, an incredible win for the Raiders on Sunday yep. against the Patriots. And be sure to check out Q's work over at Locked On Raiders, breaking down the win and more, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Q, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. What a game. What a finish for this Las Vegas Raiders team. It's been a very trying season for the Raiders, absolutely. But to get this one must have felt great for the players, the coaches, the fans, and everybody. So big shout-out to Las Vegas and those Raiders for that win. Coming up, though, in our second segment – we will be diving into the Minnesota Vikings and their crazy comeback against the Indianapolis Colts with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. So be sure to stay tuned. So a ton to dive into here on Locked On NFL. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And sometimes I do wish that life came with a user manual, but BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next best thing. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with that user manual. Someone is not working for you. It is normal to feel stuck, but therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp is connected to over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere 100% online. And therapy has a ton of benefits, such as learning those coping skills, self-empowerment, dealing with trauma, and more. If you've benefited from therapy, you've definitely seen these. And I know that there are so many who have benefited from therapy. And everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. They have all the benefits of in-person therapy. Plus, it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It really couldn't be simpler. There are no waiting rooms, there's no traffic, and there's no endless searching for the right therapist. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. 
Also, this episode is sponsored by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And there are so many things that I can attribute to LinkedIn Jobs and how they have helped me. And it's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn. You just add your purple hashtag hiring frame and your job to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's super important to finish the year strong. And the right team member can certainly help you do that. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We return here our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. And we're now going to dive straight into the Minnesota Vikings, who just had an incredible comeback down 33 to nothing at the half. Minnesota comes all the way back to win in overtime. So we'll talk with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings about that now. Well, usually here on Locked On NFL on Monday, we talk about the Sunday action, but this Saturday game was just too crazy to not talk about here to break down that Colts and Vikings matchup is Luke Braun, the host over at Locked On Vikings. And Luke, I'm telling you, this game, crazy, unbelievable. To take me through your emotions from the first half when this team is down 33 to nothing to the second <laughs> half and obviously overtime when they make that comeback and hand Matt Ryan another historic comeback in his face. Woo, boy. Uh, yeah, so in the first half, I was preparing like Locked On stuff for Locked on Vikings and shoot, maybe even Locked on NFL Tuesday, I was preparing to talk about how like soft they were. I was going to rip them. I mean, I, I was ready. I was mad. I was like, this was, it was a pathetic effort in the first half. And it, and it's, they still should answer for that first half. That first half was unacceptable. Um, But I was ready to call them soft to be like, they don't care about winning the division. They're just going to like skid into the playoffs and die in the first round. Like Arizona did last year. And then the comeback starts happening and you're like, oh, okay, great. You know, they, they got one. Okay. It's not a shutout. Oh, they got two. Got You know, they, when it was like 33 to 20 uh, or 33 to like 17 or whatever it was, I was like, okay, that's a pretty normal looking game. At least that won't pop out too much on the box score. When historians look at this season on pro football reference. And then suddenly it got like closer and closer and closer. And, and then I just couldn't breathe for like an hour. And <laughs> it was just like so stressful what was funny though is for as stressful as everything in the game was the the kick at the end was the least stressful game winning kick i think ever because win or tie was this is the same result for seeding purposes like the way this nfc seeding works out the vikings don't have tiebreakers on anyone so a tie that's basically like a half game turning that into a win would just make you tied and lose on tiebreakers in any situation when you're tied with san francisco or philly or whoever um so it was like well there's nothing at stake on this game winning kick except for like the pride of it. It felt like watching a game winning kick in a preseason where you like, you want to win because it's right, fun, right. but you're like, Oh, you know, whatever. And then he makes it, they win uh, 11 and three and they clinch the North. So now we're just celebrating. I'm going to be happy about this thing all week. This, this game was awesome. Right. And as you should, but I do want to ask, is this Vikings team Luke, closer to the first half team that you saw, or is it closer to the second half slash overtime team that you saw? I'll, I'll reframe that and, and say that, the second half was a more, I hate the word, sustainable way for them to play. Uh, the first half was insanely fluky. There was a punt block. There was that stupid pick six. There was 
um, some weird ref stuff. There, like there were a whole bunch of things that happened in that first half that were weird. And you could be like, well, that's not going to happen again today. It reminds me of Broncos fans will remember a 2019 game in U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings went down 20 to zero at the half and made this crazy comeback. And, and what made them go 20 to zero at the half? There was a trick play where Cortland Sutton threw a pass uh, th that was a, like a bomb down the field. There was like some other there was stuff like that. It was like, you know, a kickoff return to the 40. And it's like, well, you don't get three of those in a game, right? right. Unless it's just Packers level special team catastrophe. Um, had to get a dig in. <laughs> but like that stuff was clearly not going to repeat itself, but hitting KJ Osborne on a slant and he fights for extra yards to get the first down. Well, that's, that can happen several times a game. And it did shout out to him. Um, you know, screenplays that turn explosive. Well, that's what screenplays are supposed to do. Those things are big and a little bit more repeatable. So if I'm the Vikings going back into this, I'm kind of saying, okay, let's clean up those catastrophes. Cause you know, the punt block, that's not to say that that's just some cosmic thing that happened to them. That was their fault. They screwed up. They got to fix a problem there. Same thing with the pick six. There were miscommunications. Both of Kirk Cousins' in interceptions were miscommunications with Jalen Rager. Okay. That's a problem. Um, but it's the kind of thing that, okay, in a playoff game, how likely is this to, to come down to whether or not Kirk Cousins and Jalen Rager are on the same page, right? It's pretty likely to come down to whether or not Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson can generate an explosive play when they have to. Okay, that's the thing that they proved. So th that's where I am at on this one. Um, for all of the talk about, you know, Vikings winning unsustainably, to this one, if you want to talk to me about the things that were, if you want to remove all the unsustainable things from this one, I think the Vikings win by two scores. Right. It, it makes sense because there is so much fluky thing or so many fluky things that happen throughout an NFL game where the Vikings just had thing after thing after thing happen to them in that first half. It, it was something else, but the Vikings have been a part of these crazy games Luke, for a while now. They had, we just talked just a couple weeks ago. Like three years. Yeah. Buffalo <laughs> game. I know, but I want to do like a ranking game with you here. If craziness factors, what sure. we'll go off of. The Vikings have been involved. The Ravens-Vikings game back in 2013, the final two minutes of that game were insane. Then you have the mm -hmm. Bills and Vikings game just about a month ago. And then you have this one, the Colts and Vikings game. So those three ranks, Luke, which was the craziest, then second, and finally third? I'm going to give the craziest thing to the Bills. Um, the Bills game was this back-and-forth contest with insane stuff happening all the time, fourth and 18. Probably the single craziest thing I've ever seen in a game happened in that one with Josh Allen fumbling on the goal line in what was basically a QB Neal situation if they weren't so backed up. Um, I, you'll never see a, a game like that. You'll never see a team lose that way again. Um, you know, you might see something like a big comeback or, uh, you know, a crazy two minutes. And then I'm going to say this game against the Colts is the second craziest because it was, it had a historic comeback in it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it, like we see comebacks in the league sometimes. This was the biggest one. But it certainly wasn't as crazy as that Bills game. And then the last one I'm going to give is to the Ravens. Well, the Ravens probably had the craziest two minutes of any game. Um, like if I, if you were to ask me to rank two minute periods, the Ravens would be number one. But that game was a clunker for the first like 56 <laughs> minutes of it. So like, it was like 13 to 10 or right. something going in. So going into that two minutes and then it got crazy. And that was pretty cool. But I, I think wall to wall, the other two games had more insane stuff happening in them. Right. And 
all three of them, they're they're crazy in their own right. But I agree with those rankings, and even the two minute stuff you put in there as well. But finally, I'm, Luke, I'm sure you enjoyed the Ravens one a little more than no, I. No, I know. If I, if I had to rank, still <laughs> the Ravens game was incredible. I mean, you have Toby Gearhart, Cordero Patterson, Jacoby Jones, like all of these plays happening left and right. But finally, Luke, you have this game against the Colts that goes the Vikings way. Did it give you any more confidence for the Vikings heading into the playoffs, or did it give you more questions than confidence? You know. I don't think it answered any of my questions. Um, I, I have been kind of watching the way that the Vikings play in coverage, and I'll have to you'll have to listen to Locked On Vikings for kind of what I come away with from this game because you can't really see the coverages on TV. Um, but it seemed like they went in. Tom Pelissero said they were going to go in playing more man to man, and I thought that was a pretty good idea. And it seemed like they didn't do that much in the first half, and they did that more in the second half. If that does turn out to be true, if if my like live eye viewing ends up being right about that. That gives me some confidence. That tells me they found a way to use these players and limit a pass defense and stop being the worst pass defense in the league because you cannot be the worst pass defense in the league and expect to win against a team like San Francisco or Philly or Dallas or shoot, even whoever comes out of the NFC South. I mean, anybody can move the ball on the Vikings right now. That cannot be the case. And they have three weeks to figure out a a better way. And maybe this is a step toward that if my live viewing was right. Right. And for more on this game, be sure to check out Luke's work over at Locked On Vikings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Luke, thanks so much. What a way to clinch the NFC North if you're the Vikings. Things aren't looking great, obviously down 33-0 at halftime, but they come back, they get the job done, and they are your NFC North champions for 2022. Coming up in our final segment, though, we'll be diving into the Los Angeles Chargers with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers, another last-second win for them, so be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about on Lockdown NFL. But first, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks and Fantasy. The playoffs are here. I had a buy in a lot of my leagues, not to brag or anything, but for a lot of people, either heartbreak or plenty of joy for people in their first round playoff matchups. But if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is super easy to use. You can have a ton of current entries, and how it works is you pick two to five players, and if they will go score more or less in their Prize Picks rejection, you can win up to ten times money on an entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus rejections available. Prize Picks offers rejections on a ton of sports that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, PJ, college football. College basketball, I could go on here, but so many more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a one who's been in the deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. You deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. We're back here rounding out Locked On NFL on Monday. Kevin Ostrack, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So be sure to like this video, subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. And thank you for making us again your first listen. But make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcast. But let's now dive in to the Los Angeles Chargers. The last second winner for them, we'll talk with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers about that now. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers, they're known for their crazy games, and they went through another one on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, but 
They come out victorious 17 to 14 at the last second. Here to break down the Chargers that game and their playoff chances is Daniel Wave, one of the hosts over at Locked On Chargers. And Daniel, again, I know Charger fans, everybody who covers the team, very familiar with those late game heroics or even not by this Los Angeles team. But tell me, how was Los Angeles able to pull this game out and were able to go down the field to get Cameron Dicker in position to win on that final drive? I mean, by the skin of their teeth, right? But I think it, it definitely happened because of their aggressiveness, right? I mean, Brandon Staley calling all the timeouts and kind of reading the writing on the wall at the end of that game, knowing that the Titans were more than likely going to score a touchdown instead of just kind of making them hurry and do it and potentially go for two and, you know, running all the timeout. Brandon Staley took all of his timeouts and, you know, Justin Herbert with 48 seconds left finds a way to come down the field and put the Chargers in field goal range. And I thought that was pretty important for this team too, especially after a very frustrating offensive game for them in this one I mean I don't think any of us saw the defensive slugfest coming from these two bad defenses in this game but to be able to do that after that performance especially you know it's only a few weeks ago when everyone was talking about Justin Herbert's throwing a bunch of you know fourth quarter interceptions and always done since right go and have a game clinching drive against the Dolphins last week gets a game winning drive today gets the game winning drive and the two-point conversion against the Cardinals and it's huge because now the Chargers are right where they need to be going down the stretch yeah, and with an AFC right now, the playoff picture is so crowded, especially towards the bottom where teams are trying to sneak in in the wild card position. Dan, I know we talked a couple of weeks ago after a Charger game, and based off of where you were then versus where you are now with this Chargers team and the playoff chances, how they're playing, have your view shifted in terms of what this team can do first getting into the playoffs, but then actually if they get there? Yeah, it has. I mean, and there's a couple of reasons for it. I remember when we talked the last time, and it was like, it's nice, but they're going to have to win some of these games like the Titans game or the Dolphins game, and I still wouldn't pick them for that, right? And now I feel a little bit differently, and I think it starts with what this defense has been able to do. For the Chargers to do this defensively, to come out with the game plans they've had defensively over the last two weeks to keep the Dolphins to 17 points and really a garbage-time field goal, and it should have been less after you know a wild fumble ends up as a 50-yard touchdown, then to come out against the Titans and hold them to 14 points and really just two bad drives by this Chargers defense, that is something I had no faith in, right? This is one of the worst defenses in the league by the numbers. Somehow, without Derwin James, without Joey Bosa, they were able to put these defensive performances together. Brandon Staley was able to come up with good game plans in back-to-back weeks to get the Chargers a win because if they don't have those performances, they don't win over the last two weeks. And if this defense now, Kevin, can come back, do what they're doing now and add Derwin James into the mix next week, add Joey Bosa into the mix next week potentially, that's what makes you feel a little bit more confident. Like, okay, yeah, playoffs are very real now, but this is a team you don't want to see now in the playoffs if they can start getting these guys back and they look like a different team the last month of the season. And with this Chargers team, Daniel, what is their ceiling to you now after these last couple of weeks? I mean, they could they could win in the playoffs, right? I mean, they, they could win one, maybe two games as their ceiling if it all comes back and goes perfectly. I'm not going to put them into contender status or anything like that. You know, Rashawn Slater could potentially come back for the playoffs. That's a huge, gigantic boost for them. An all-pro left tackle that they've been missing all year would be great. But now I have more confidence that not only they can go make the playoffs, I think they're around an 80% chance right now with the soft schedule they have left. But at the same time, it also still feels like with a flawed team like this, they could drop one of these last three games, and they're going to go into each one of them favored to win, right? So there are still flaws in this team. At their ceiling, though, this is a team that could win multiple games. This is a team that could make a run to the AFC Championship game if you beat them on the wrong day. 
Yeah, and there's so many of those teams. There's so much parity in the NFL now. We saw teams last second wins and everything. But, Daniel, if you had to pick one or two big flaws that could hold them back, and you talked about the defense a little bit, what would they be? So, I mean, the run defense, that, that's been their biggest flaw so far this year. It seems like teams are continually not exposing it when they should. I mean, a couple of third and one and a half today for the Titans, and I think they overthought it and didn't just run Derrick Henry, you know, right down the middle and probably picks it up. That is one of the huge ones because what you have seen over the last two weeks is the Chargers doing enough on early downs to get those run steps and put teams in bad situations on third down. And when you have a flawed defense, when you have an injured defense, you need to get to those obvious passing down situations. But the Chargers still have one of the worst run defenses in the league, and it's hard to imagine that's not going to come back and bite them at some point. And for the offense, it's these droughts. Kevin, for as big of a win as this was, the Chargers scored on their opening drive. They didn't score again until 10 minutes and 25 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That's not sustainable. You cannot have the third quarters that this team has had. They haven't scored a third quarter touchdown in two months. Like these are the things that have to get resolved if they're going to be taken seriously down the stretch. You can't have drive. You can't do that against good teams. You can't do that against Joe Burrow. You can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. You can't do that against Josh Allen. If you have those scoreless droughts, teams will run away from you in the AFC, at least at the top end of it. So I think those are the two flaws that if they can get those two things figured out, if it can even just be marginally better, you know, a couple field goals in the third quarter, like this team could be taken for real, but those are the things that could potentially be their downfall if they can't fix it. Yeah, well, despite those flaws, the Chargers are picking up big wins here down the stretch, putting themselves in position to potentially make the playoffs here in 2022. But check out Daniel's work over at the Locked On Chargers podcast. It is great stuff over there. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Daniel, thanks so much. The Chargers are sneaking their way back into that AFC playoff hunt. A ton of teams kind of crumbled up there at the bottom, but there will be some that break away. Maybe the Chargers can do that with a couple of more wins here in the final weeks. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.